we can think of eternity as being in the presence of God forever, enjoying a perfect or restored creation with our glorified bodies and all free from the very presence of sin, fully, finally, and forever. Hello, you're listening to the Greek to Me podcast, a daily discovery of the New Testament scriptures one word at a time. We hope today's podcast helps you better understand and appreciate God's word. Hi, today's word is Uranos. In Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, Matthew records this. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The word Uranos here is the word heaven seen twice in this passage. The heavens were open, and then here at the end in verse 17, a voice from heaven. The word Uranos means heaven, referring to the space above the earth. Uh, It's the visible heavens, the atmosphere, the sky. It's the space occupied by stars and what we call heaven where God is. We learned in middle school about the five layers of our atmosphere, uh, troposphere, stratosphere, mesosphere, etc. Similarly, the idea of the heavens was understood to have a different strata. For example, in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul writes, being caught up in a very spiritual experience to what he called the third heaven. This would be the third layer or third strata of space above the earth and was used by Paul to describe more of a spiritual layer. The second heavens being that which referred to outer space where planets and stars occupy. The first heaven is simply our sky where birds or airplanes fly. Even in our passage, I think we see all three strata here, all three heavens The heavens, used in a plural sense here, were open. They were likely seen as the first and second heavens, and the voice from heaven, singular, was understood as coming from the place where God dwells. We see then how the singular and the plural use of the word heavens and heaven have distinct overtones and therefore should be distinguished in translation, as they are in this baptism scene. And clearly, our interest is primarily the singular use of the spiritual place where God is, heaven, or as Matthew loves to write about the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus was just as interested in teaching about it, making it a driving theme in Matthew's gospel. For example, in Matthew 5, the kingdom of heaven is only accessed by those whose righteousness exceeds the Pharisees. And yet, according to Matthew 19, The kingdom of heaven belongs to childlike people who come to Christ humbly. But the third heaven where God is happens to be far more than a place or a location. Because after all, its king is, of course, omnipresent. We pick up on this reality in what is called the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. In verse 9, Jesus says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Notice how Jesus doesn't describe heaven as a place for us to go to, but instead as a place or a thing that comes to us. It turns out the kingdom of heaven is not as much about the realm of God as it is about the rule or the reign of God. We desire his heavenly influence and his will to be done, and we want his heavenly government to expand to every corner of the world and every corner of every human heart. 
Do you know that we will not spend eternity in heaven? According to Revelation 21, a new heaven and a new earth will be made to replace the first, and a new Jerusalem will descend out of heaven from God. And as John writes, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be to them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. However you understand this prophecy being fulfilled, or however this actually plays out upon the arrival, the return of Christ, this is the epitome of the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. And with this in mind, we can think of eternity as being in the presence of God forever, enjoying a perfect or restored creation with our glorified bodies, and all free from the very presence of sin, fully, finally, and forever. So in the words of Peter in 2 Peter chapter 3, with this uncreation that is to take place and this recreation in mind, as Peter writes, what sort of people ought we to be? In terms of our holiness and our godliness, how should we live? He makes the convincing case that if we will enjoy God's reign forever, why not start now? If we will dwell in complete righteousness forever, why not get started? If we are looking forward to sinless purity in the presence of God, why not prepare for that today? In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says our hearts should be in heaven. And by this he means our hope, our attention, our obsession should primarily be on the eternal state of perfect fellowship with one another and uninterrupted worship with God. And when this is the case, he says we are, quote, laying up treasures in heaven. And he continues, In heaven, where moth or rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure, your obsession, your attention, your hope, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so may the reign of our heavenly King be so great in our hearts that there is not the least bit of culture shock when he ushers in the everlasting realm of his kingdom.